For wisdom and not reason When you pray Let his name be your petition When you pray When you pray Oh, when you pray Pray, pray Lord, show us the way Show us
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins, and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave, and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me. 
whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is in patiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if anybody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life.
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day, as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them, and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrifice has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. Amen. And we just want to welcome you to LBJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. We want to thank you. Yeah, we want to thank you for joining us again. It's Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. It's uh, a wonderful, wonderful Sabbath. Wonderful Sabbath. It's been a bit of a, a bit of a hot side, but uh, overall, God is good. God is good, and all the time, God is good. Yes, He is it's good all the time. That's Not right. sometimes. All the time. All the time. Amen. So we're going to be we studying health reform message. Now we're going to be doing the health reform message part three, and if you just joined us. Go back and listen to the other ones that we talked about, and you can understand what we were talking about. Right now, we're going to go to Isaiah 58 and verse 13. <clears throat> if thy turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thy own way, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Mm. Mm. And I'm going to do 14. Oh, yeah, I give it to you. <laughs> thou shall, then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. Lord, so that still stands today. And that, that's speaking of today, right? It may be in the Old Testament, but we got some that we're going to talk that, about yeah, in the New. Yeah, we, we got to always hit the New because people always think we are New Testament Christians. Well, let me tell you what. We are about from New to Old. Well, let's go to uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 28 then. Mark. Oh, That's in the okay. New Testament. Mark, Mark, yeah. I want you to know when you go in the New, so they'll know. I want them to know we don't let That's the old. Right. Now we're going to the New, and we're talking about Matthew, Mark. Mark, Luke, and John. All right. Matthew and Mark, chapter 2, verse 28. 28, okay. We're right here, 28. All right. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Mm. He didn't say Sunday, but he said the Sabbath. The Sabbath. That's right. Then says Sunday. It's so Sabbath. you you need to do your research and make sure you know the truth and it word. Okay, he said Sabbath, not Sunday. That's yes, right. All right. Let's so, find one more. I'll give you find one more. And then we go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrew. In verse 9. Hebrew, that's in the New Testament too. Yeah. Hebrew chapter 4. In verse 9. Alright. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Alright. 
That is the rest. And that means the keeping of the Sabbath. That's if you want right. to know what that means. That's, that, right. that's the keeping of the Sabbath. Keeping of the Sabbath. Amen. And rest. So we gotta remember the health reform and Sabbath goes together. See the practice of health reform principles should not be an issue when opportunity to practice couldn't be found. There are mission fields where there is privilege to plant vegetables or they have abundant supply of vegetables. So God will judge us according to the opportunity and light we have received from him. So needless to say that there are some missionaries today who have the light on this matter, but their actual situation in the mission field do not allow them to practice such. So our loving God knows and understands their situation. However, the pen of inspiration is clear that when light and opportunity go together, health reform must be proclaimed. So let us understand these two passages. He ain't been, been having help reform for, the, for your, the ground, for the dirt. Oh, yeah. You even, you know, that you worked that so long and plant and and it's alone and then and let it rest and you don't plant anything for what was it, a, a year and, and let it rest for a year don't plant anything just turn it and let it rest for a year and don't plant anything even give it ground some rest exactly god had rest for everything exactly and that's what we got to remember those who are in the position where it is possible to secure a vegetarian diet but who chooses to follow their own preference in this matter, eating and drinking as they please, will gradually grow careless of the instruction the Lord has given regarding other phases of the present truth. Remember that. If you know the truth, he wants to follow it. So we, there are consequences of this regarding the health reform message. The Spirit of God cannot come to our health and assist us in perfecting Christian characters while we are indulging our appetites to the injury of health and while the pride of life controls us. And we gotta remember that the pride of life controls us when we don't have that. And even the fruits of the spirit, it says self-control. You will be blessed if you obedient and find self-control and God will bless you. You're blessed because you're being obedient. Exactly. Uh, that's why you're blessed. You say, oh, wow. How, 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 did he, uh, how did he make it through his cancer? And so-and-so did. Well, he was obedient. He turned from his ways of eating. He started doing as God asked him. And God him blessed him. And God blessed him. You see, this is how some people make it and some people don't is they turn and do the things that God asked them to do. Correct. See, and so God gave them a few more years than he did someone else. Well, I've been eating this way all my life, and I, I'm not going to change. Uh, I don't see where that's hurting me. Uh, and it's going to kill me, and kill me before now. That's a negative attitude. Yes, it is. That's not the attitude God wants you to have. So if you keep laying into your understanding, understanding. then you're going to get the results from your understanding. 
consequences. You see, unsanctified and unfit for immortality. You gotta remember, if man will cherish the light that God in mercy gives him upon health and form, he may be sanctified through the truth and fitted for immortality. But if he disregards that light and lives in violation of natural law, natural law. he must pay the penalty. He, you just said it. That's right. That's what happens. It's, it's your link to your own understanding. So you have to suffer for what you think you know. Exactly. Then listening to the light that God put before you, and you overlook that, and you would ignore that, and listen to your ignorance, then there's a, 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 penalty. a, a penalty for that ignorance. And still listen to the knowledge that God's planned before you. Exactly. So, therefore, you have to suffer that. You have to suffer the consequences. You know, I remember the sickness that has visited many families need not have been if we had followed the light God has given us. Like in ancient Israel, they have disregarded the light and could see no more the necessity of restricting their appetite than did ancient Israel. The children of Israel will have flesh needs and said, as many now say, we should die without meat. The God gave rebellious Israel flesh. But his curse was with it. Thousands of them died while the meat they desired was between their teeth. We have an example of ancient Israel and the warning for us not to do as they did. So how can we pass on so indifferently, choosing our own course, following the sight of our own eyes and into our own understanding, and departing further and further from God, as did in Hebrews. God cannot do great things for his people because of their hardness of heart and sin unbelief, sinful unbelief. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. Again, they did that before God spoke to his people and they did not listen, so they suffered the consequences. Because and, he went ahead and gave them meat. Right. And so that's what the old and New Testament is all about. The old is to let us know what they did. The new is to let us know to not do it again. Because what right. happens is, just like me crying about, I want this, I want this, and not realizing that it is devastating to our health. So when Israel kept crying about meat, God allowed for them to eat it knowing the curse was with it. But he gave them what they asked for, see. Well, because God is not a God that forced your will. That's right. Go against your will. <laughs> he gave you a will, right? right. He, what, what kind of God would he be if he give you a will that he go against that will? Exactly. If he give you a will and you willing to do it, then he's going to let you have it. He gave you a will. So yeah. if your will is to eat meat, and he tell you it's bad for you, but you still willing to do it. He's going to allow you to do it. He's going to allow you but to the, have it. we got to remember the curse is with it. The cur there is a curse with it. If he tells you that there's a curse with this, but if you eat it, here's what you're going to have to suffer with. And you ignore that. And if, well, I've been eating meat all my life. My mama ate meat. My daddy ate meat. 
But he didn't die, but he didn't die with this, he didn't die with that. And you're ignoring what God has blessed, the knowledge God has blessed you with. But we so, got so much sickness because of it. And you go. Not only that, you know, back in your mother and your grandmother days, the process was different. So the meat was cleaner back then what? than it is today. Yeah. <clears throat> and God anointed and blessed you because, as I said before, some of us, if you read the history of what your ancestors did, they were forced to do a lot of things that right. they could not help. And God slavery days. Uh, God right. blessed them because mm -hmm. slavery and the... Uh, that was all they had. That was too. all they had because they're, uh, they were black. They were black people and and their situation they were in. But you are not there no more. You want to go old and new, we act like you in the new. Exactly. We got like better you. food today. Right. We can plant gardens today. We can eat better. And the Lord said, when you know to do good, but you don't, it's sin. Right. So act like you are in the new part of the world and not the old part. Okay? Because and you want to be healthier. You want to feel better. You want to live as long, a healthy life, a quality life, as long as possible. Yes. So... I'm going to give you a way to change your way of, of, of eating so you can live out the years that he promised you. Mm -hmm. He promised you 70-some years. He wants you to live those 70 years in the best of health that you can. Amen. Yes. We understand that the world is in bad shape, pollution, and everything else is destroying us. But God can help you through that if you do it he asks you to do. And he said you will bless your efforts. Yes. So we got to make an effort to want to change our bad habits. But most of us don't want to do that. So the importance of Christ's victory over appetite. See, Christ knows the danger of indulgence of appetite. Many who profess godliness do not inquire into the reason of Christ's long period of fasting and suffering in the wilderness. His anguish was not so much from the pains of hunger as from his sense of the fearful result of the indulgence of appetite and passion upon the race. He knew that appetite will be man's idol and will lead him to forget God and will stand directly in the way of his salvation. Wow. And it's exactly that's what he's doing today. Appetite was Jesus' first test. His first test was on the same point where Adam failed. It was through temptation addressed to the appetite that Satan had overcome a large proportion of the human race. And his success had made him feel that the control of his fallen planet was in his hands. But in Christ, he found one who was able to resist him. And he left the field of battle a conquered foe. Amen. Amen. And we haven't found one where we we'll be today. That's right. See, Adam <laughs> and Eve again lost through what? Appetite. Yeah. But see, Satan came to tempt Christ on the same situation. Appetite. But Christ got the victory. That's what we got to understand that and we are going to have to be tested on the same thing. Are we going to 
get the victory or are we going to fail? It's all left up to us, correct? So we got to understand. Christ Jesus. Yes, we have to understand what appetite is now. It's not just food. It's not just food. It's not just food. It's clothes, it's cars, it's animals, it's homes, it's money, it's, it's, it's uh, women. Well, like I said, appetite for food, for passion, for sexual sin, appetite for just like what you're saying, cars, money, power. Power, uh, authority. Appetite is for so much. So much. I mean, we just talked about food, but when God talked about appetite, He talked about everything. You know, pride, uh, uh, self pride. Uh, it just, it's just so much about appetite that uh, will get you down, you know, because that's why God tells us to get, get control of it because there's so many different kind of appetites. Yes, you may not eat a lot, but you gamble a lot. You may not gamble a lot, but you drink a lot. You may not drink a lot, but you curse a lot. See, how can go on and on and on with appetite? Exactly. And see, what we got to understand, if you can get control of what you eat, then everything else will fall into place. I mean, self-control. That's what you're talking about. That's a, that's a fruit, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Temperance. Self-control. Yeah. <clears throat> and so when we speak of not just food, see, if you get control of those curse words that you eat from other people, mm -hmm. then you'll be in good shape. If you get control of going to that gambling boat every payday, see, you eat that. You are what you eat. This is what God... And this, this is what God is talking about when he said appetite. See, we don't want to get our minds blocked into the little oh, block. And that's correct, but right now we're talking about food. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. See, I just, right my mind is so broad when food. we talk about appetite. Well, oh, and okay. what he's saying. I'm sorry, I know. I know. I'm no, because what, what he's saying is if you can get the control and the tempers of what you're eating, then everything else you have a problem with can be fixed. But if we don't control that right there, let me read this. This is this. Christ knew that in order to successfully carry forth the plan of salvation, you must commence the work of redeeming man just where the ruin began, where Adam failed on that point. In other words, he's saying where Adam failed, God, Jesus Christ got the victory. And the Lord is saying, Jesus said, since he got the victory right where Adam failed, we need to get the victory in self-control. Because to be honest, that's what most of our problem is, besides everything else, is food. Well, yes, because you know, I, I, while I was covering all this thing, because I had a friend, he didn't eat, but he stayed in the bar all the time. He didn't care anything about food. But if you got that whiskey bottle, he's dead now. He passed on. Well, he but, said eating and drinking. Yeah, well, he, he didn't drink. He didn't eat because he drunk all the time. Well, he had, he had I no know, appetite. I was talking about yeah. drinking, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why, that's why I was including our appetite of all things because some things cause you to lose appetite for others because it takes that that one particular thing takes over and remove that thing because people that... Uh, that do drugs, don't eat a lot, but they do a lot of drugs. So that's an appetite they'll care. 
they don't, they, they, they don't curse that particular appetite. That particular appetite. Right. Uh, yeah. So God wanted to control our appetite, but will control all of those things. Right. All yeah. of those things. Appetite, whatever type of appetite you have, if it's ugly, give it up. Okay, and that's correct. Yeah. Right now, okay. <laughs> we're talking about food. Okay. food. Don't. I get carried away. You know yeah. It's okay, but, but we got to stage connected so they will understand right now the point about eating and drinking to the excess. Yeah, force health. Force health wise, food uh, and drinking. And eating. We realize that part, and the other stuff will follow. The Lord is telling us if we can get that part, which most of us have a problem with, even if it's just, I mean, eating flesh food. You may not eat it to the excess, but you eat it. Yeah, because when Adam and Eve sinned, what they did when they ate the fruit, God had the tree, and He told them. They could eat with any tree in the garden, but not to eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. Simply because Adam and Eve knew good, they did not know bad, anything or evil. But he told them to eat of this tree, you would know good and evil. That's right. So when they ate of that tree, then they knew sin. Mm -hmm. They knew sin now. Now they know good and bad. So now what they did, they made themselves themself a way of being able to choose now. Now they can choose between good and bad. Before, they only knew one thing. Good. Before right. they ate the fruit, they only knew the appetite. Now they made another appetite. They only had one appetite. That was good. But when they ate of the tree, they brought another appetite in. Ooh. And what was that appetite? Ooh. Evil. Right. Now, I got another appetite. I can choose between evil and good now. So I got another choice of food. Oh, I got a second plate now. I can eat off another plate. God ain't told them no. Now what happened? God <laughs> said, I got, I got to kick you up out there. Well, he didn't kick him up out there right off the bat. He went down and he said, Adam, where are you? Right. Adam was high. And God said, who told you you was naked? He asked questions. He didn't even, he didn't, he asked Adam questions. Because Ellen had made a choice. Choice. Again, it came to choice. Right. They made a second choice. So they was tested. They was tested on appetite. They were tested on appetite. So they bought another plate into the house. They only had one plate, but they weren't happy with that one. They had to get another plate and put some more food on it, which is <laughs> was bad. They had a turkey, but they had to add that apple pie. Right. So that's what they got. They got themselves in. Now they have the bad pie. 
that was a bad pattern because that made them not for uh, adultery, fornication, lying, cheating, false gods, burning false wisdom against our neighbors. Oh, look at the appetite that they got now. Ooh, look at that appetite that they got. Adultery. Mm -hmm. They got, look at the appetite that they got. See, this is the appetite God was trying to make us well. Look at the appetite they got just by eating off of that tree. See, they didn't have an appetite at first. They didn't have that appetite. Gutly, getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> All these appetites combined into that one plate that they added to the one that God told them not to. Right. And that's why God said we must learn to control our appetite because you can <clears throat> overindulge in anything. We got a lot of homes broken up because we don't indulge in God at all, but we indulge in the world. We don't indulge in the word, but we indulge in comic books, playboys, TV, magazines, but we don't indulge in God's word. Appetite, wrong appetite. We feed the mind the wrong what? The wrong thing. Right. Appetite. See what I'm saying? That's what God said, appetite. They got our each of the wrong appetite. And we've been choosing the wrong kind of things to eat ever since then. We've been choosing the wrong thing to eat ever since then. So God told us to get control of appetite. Now, <coughs> excuse me. When we get control of appetite, we throw worldly things out. No more playboys. No more gambling. No more drinking, but the word. No more cursing, but the word. No more bearing false witness against our neighbor, but the word. See, we can control our appetite. No more overeating, but the word. Throw away meat, I'm starting to help See, we get a good thing. We get a good appetite, see. Because God, we know what God's been taught. In control of that appetite. That's a good appetite. Now, nah, sure. I know I get going now. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm thinking I was just going to sit back and let you do the whole Bible study. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean to do the whole. You know, I get good by God's word. I know it gets good. And, uh, well, know. we're going to take a break. Um, we want you to keep it locked in. On LPJ 64, we're listening to Mr. Sweet Thing, and we're talking about Health Reform Message Part 3. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64. Somebody need you, Jesus.
are listening to LPJ 64 where this been Mr. Sweet Thing with Bible Study Hour and we're talking about the health reform message. We gotta remember that Satan was defeated and his object to overcome Christ upon the point of appetite. So here in the wilderness, Christ achieved a victory in behalf of the race upon the point of appetite, making it possible for man in all future time in his name to overcome the strength of appetite on his own behalf. So Christ already overcome that. So through Christ, we can overcome it too. Well, well, you said we can overcome it through Christ. Okay. So in Matthew five seventeen, we're going to start with seventeen and read through nineteen. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not to come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, and no wise shall pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Verse 19 is five, uh, 517. Matthew 517, we on 819 now. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So we gotta remember, he did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill the law, and he fulfilled it on the cross. He fulfilled all of the record on the cross. Came for our deliverance. That's right. Our Amen. So Christ overcame so that we too may overcome. The strength of the temptation to indulge appetite can be measured only by the inexpressible anguish of our Redeemer in that long fast in the wilderness. He knew that the indulgence of perverted appetite was so dead man's perception that sacred things could not be discerned. Adam fell by the indulgence of appetite. You know, I noticed that when you, when you go to like a buffet, and it's all that food, and you eat and eat till you get <clears throat> so full. It's like, I'm so full, all I want to do is do what? Go to sleep. sleep. <laughs> Go sleep. Go so it's sleep. like it puts that brain to sleep, and your mind is clouded, and nothing is important to you at that point because you have overindulged. I have done it before, and I can tell the difference. My when I eat too much, I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know what to do is go to sleep. Well, he don't want us to even overeat, period. Even if it's not meat, we still got to be careful in how much we eat, as well as what we eat. Yeah, as well as what we eat. That's true. To overeat and to uh, go to sleep. And to go to sleep, just sit and watch as well as pray. And if you overeat and just sleep, and you can't watch, you can't see. You can't think. You can't think. You can't do anything. And that is so true. Christ overcame by the denial of appetite. And our only hope of regaining eating is through far 
firm self-control as like the fruits of the spirit say self-control if the power of the dog's appetite was so strong upon the race that in order to break its hold the divine son of god and man's behalf had to endure a fast of nearly six weeks what a work is before the christian yet however break the struggle he may overcome by the help of that divine power which withstood the fiery temptations that Satan could invent, he too may entirely successfully in his warfare with evil, and last may wear the victor's crown in the kingdom of God. And I'm looking forward to that because I know it's not easy to overcome appetite, and it wasn't easy for us to stop eating meat either. If you don't overcome appetite, Satan can get you in many ways. Yes. He knows that, that he knows you love food. He can he can get you in many ways. That's how we get a lot of us is to the food. Yeah. We get a lot of uh, cancer, a lot of colon cancer, a lot of uh, gut cancer, yeah, uh, all kind of ways. Brain you know, cancer. Brain. And your envy can poison you through food. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just so many things that uh, you can be got if you don't get control of your appetite. Uh, and your enemy knows you love to eat. You know, that, that's the way to get next to you. That's yeah. how you must learn to control your appetite. That is very true because, you know, we all have our favorite desserts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we have such a favorite dessert, if you make it, one piece is not going to be enough. <laughs> no, no. You know, even in the days of the kings, they had a guy they called the taster. Oh, he done all yeah. the tasting of food. The so when nobody poisoned the king, because the king loved to eat, That's he loved right. to get down. <laughs> so he had a guy that would taste his food, so when nobody do what? Poison him. Right. Well, he couldn't control his appetite. He just ate everything that people brought him. That's, That's why, why he had the taster. So yeah. if the taster ate and didn't die, he figured he was all yeah, right. He was all right. But if that taster died, we can't eat that. <laughs> <So> we don't <laughs> want to be like the king. We want to get control of that appetite. So we don't, we uh, eat to live, not live That's to it. eat. That's right. That's and most of us do. are living to eat. And not eating to live. It's so important that that's a great point there, Robert. That eat to live, not live to eat. Because when you eat to live, you eat enough to sustain you. And that's all you need. Uh, and, and, and so you can eat a piece of bread and be cool with that. Yeah. And have, have bread and water. Right. Bread and water. <laughs> but when you live to eat, man, you may eat three or four tablespoons. Oh, yeah, and you get so full, then you, if your, your mind is clouded. Like you said, the intellect may be in, impaired, the perceptive power clear. So that working, that's the working of Satan, and his snare may not be interpreted to be the providence of God. For many desire the final reward and victory which are to be given to overcomers, but are not willing to endure toil and denial of self as did their redeemer. It is only through obedience, again obedience, 
and continual effort. He said, you are blessed our effort that we shall overcome as Christ overcame. And we got to remember, uh, we're going to go to Mark chapter 9, verse 29. The role of prayer and fasting in health reform. I'm going to go to Mark. Mark chapter 9 and verse 29. When we, are, when we finally understand that we need to submit to God, but we don't do do we examine ourselves to see our faith is genuine? 29, and he replied to them, this kind, this kind cannot be driven out, but by anything, prayer and fasting. So we gotta go, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians Chapter 13 and verse 5. 13 and verse 5. Oh, 13. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got 5. 13 okay. and verse 5. Yeah, uh, there you go. Examine and test and evaluate your own self to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourself, not Christ. Do you not yourself realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you are a counterfeit and disapproved on trial and rejected? So we got to remember that we need to examine ourselves to make sure we, are, we have those fruits, the fruits of the Spirit. Remember, love, self-control, faith, kindness, gentleness, all that's in there. But we don't want to be a counterfeit, so we need to realize and know that through Christ and obedience to Him, that we can be overcomers. Correct? Correct. Prayer and fasting help us achieve victory over meat-eating and long diet. So a person who has indulged their appetite to eat freely of meat, highly seasoned gravies, and various kinds of rich cakes and preserves cannot immediately relish a plain, wholesome, and nutritious diet. That's very true about most of us African Americans. We have seasoned everything to the point that if you give me something and it's bland, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> And that is true. I had to learn. Okay, okay, Lord, I got to get my appetite right because as we get older, some of the seasons that we used to be able to eat, we can't eat no more. And then we wonder why we have acid reflux and, yeah. and heartburns and upset stomachs all the time. That's and true. We can't eliminate those things. Because, yeah. like you're saying, our taste is so perverted because we've done it for years. Yes that we have no appetite for a wholesome diet of fruits, plain bread, and vegetables. Right. So they need not expect to relish at first food so different from that which they have been indulging themselves to eat. See, that's another thing. You can eat right, but we got to be careful all the seasonings that we put in there because it's going to come a time when you can't eat it. And then most of us are going, I can't eat that. 
But it needs to be bland. And I'm learning that myself. So if they cannot at first enjoy plain food, they should fast until they can. That fast will prove to them a greater benefit than medicine. For the abuse stomach will find that rest which it has long needed and real hunger can be satisfied with a plain diet. It will take time for the taste to recover from the abuses which it has received and to gain its natural tone. Well, you know, they said bad habits, you do it over and over, what, what, 20 days? Yep. And repeat it over and over, then your taste buds will change. And, you know, I've learned that through changing the diet as far as meat. I'm not saying at first time I was like, oh, this is good, I love it. No. It took some time because I was living to eat. I was eat, eating to live and not living to eat. Yeah, by the time you learn to eat that way, uh, the damage has been done. And then the damage has already been done, and you have to eat that way. Mm. And then you have to take chemicals to... Uh, to reverse it. To reverse it. But there are herbs out there you can take too, as well, to reverse it. You have to do research to do that, to find out what herbs out there to take to reverse the damage that you've already done with too many spices, too many uh, hot spices and things like that. You know, and that's true because, you know, as we're looking at the way the world is going today and the shortage of meat, shortage of a lot of things, and especially in the big cities, and the high inflation and everything, people are going to have to choose to change because you're not going to have the money to buy all this stuff. Learn to cook naturally. Learn to bake and, and to cook things in your home more so than going out and eating and buying stuff that, you, you know, that's no good for you. So baking is a, a great thing to do and learn how to cook your own foods with your own seasoning. Well, I know people my age are, and older are, are familiar with that. My mom did a lot of baking. She did all mm -hmm. her, she made all her breads, all her cakes, all her pies. Pancakes. Uh, and, and every pancakes, everything. She made, she made everything. We didn't buy anything from the store. She made all things. I'm, I'm getting there and uh, uh, up there in my 70s, and my mother um, um, made everything. My brothers and sisters and all uh, remember all things. It's the people of today, young people today, all they know about is fast food. That's it. Uh, that's all they know about. So uh, those are the ones uh, getting the uh, diseases and, and elements of fat, blood, high blood pressure, and all the uh, uh, high cholesterol and everything else. Heart disease, yeah. bowel yeah. problems. Yeah, uh, those things like that. But we need to get back to old school. Mm -hmm. uh, but we can't because that gets into another part of the Bible that we're, oh, not, yeah. in, we're not into right now uh, to do that because it goes back to the beginning of the Bible, uh, Adam and Eve disobedient when they ate of the tree. Mm -hmm. They broke another commandment that uh, God told them not to do that, uh, eating of that tree 
cause them to break another that have ran down through the generation that caused the homes to not uh, to do the things that God have asked them to do. Oh, it's not yeah. for working out of the home and not being well, at home to do, right? Well, yeah, by um, well, the, uh, being the wife. That's uh, right. Wives and wives, husbands and husbands. Right. Wife said at home, he told the woman, you should be, uh, uh, you should bear uh, pains and bear children and, and bring children into the world. Right. And that means stay at home and take care of them, not go out and get a job and, and, and work out there in the world. Right. Uh, the society told you to do that. So that's going to be a whole different thing that's oh, what yeah. we're talking about That's now. part of it, too. Yeah. They yeah. brought the sin. Yeah. And all that brought, everything that we're dealing with now, just the eating of the apple. Yeah, just, I'm saying, eating of the apple brought all, uh, of, this. Brought all of this sin. I said choice. Yeah. It was, they had one choice, one choice, and that was good. Evil did not exist with Adam and Eve. They knew nothing about it. They had one choice. It was a good choice. It was good. It was not evil. When they put that other piece of bread on the plate with the meat, they made a sucking choice. And it was a choice of evil. And evil brought all of what's going on today. In the homes, with the family, with the kids, with the killing, with the murder, with the rape. So this is going to be a whole different uh, uh, Bible study than what we are today. Well, it's like today. what you're saying. It, 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 when we indulge in things like that, remember, we are what we eat. So if that animal was sick, you're going to be sick. And that animal was mad, then what you think you're going to be? You're going to be mad. You're going to be mad because we are what we need. Yeah. That's why the Lord yeah. is trying to help us do this health reform message to realize we need to go back to do what's right and be obedient unto the word. If you have vegetables and fruits and grains go and back. nuts, start eating those things. They can be really good. I've learned so much to eat many of those things. And I'm, you know, I'm just as healthy as, even more healthy than those that eat meat. Right. They told us to do that. And uh, again, disobedient. We have uh, not done what God told us to do. And so we got to suffer the price. Uh, uh, we got to suffer the price. And, and this is why we got so many people that's dying mm -hmm. and sick and got diseases that they do not know what they are. And even if they do, they can't do anything about it. Right. That's correct. Because we eat everything. We eat so much stuff that they can't eat us. But, oh, <laughs> oh, we eat stuff that's eating us. That's why I'm here in the shape we in. I don't know what you're saying. Eating stuff that's eating us. That's eating us. Yes, yes. eating us. So, but God loves us. He had a set plan from the beginning. Yes, he did. And we made a choice not to follow it, and this is where we are today because, and it's worse. because we did not obey then, and we're not obeying now. now. Yeah, and we're not obeying now. So he has set a plan for everything in your life. There's nothing you're doing that God has already set a plan for us to do, That's to right. follow, to have a good life, um, strong life, 
our healthy life that if we had just only obeyed, it would all worked out like God had planned it to. And you know what? That is correct. He said, our faith must be strengthened by fervent prayer and fasting and humiliation of heart. We must be emptied of self and be filled with the spirit and power of God. Earnest, preserving, persevering supplication to God in faith. Faith that leads to entire dependence upon God and unreserved consecration to his work can alone avail to bring men the Holy Spirit's aid in the battle against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and wicked spirits in our places. So we got to have that faith in Christ and to spiritually empower the gospel workers. So as minister to the Lord and fast as the Holy Ghost says, separate me, Bart, Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto we have called them. Before being sent forth as missionaries to the heathen world, these apostles were solemnly dedicated to God by fasting and prayer and laying on of hands. You got to remember the apostles didn't just take out. They had to do prayer, fasting, and they had to be consecrated unto Christ. Yes. He wants us to do the same thing. Yeah, we're going to have to do the same thing. We have to do, and when you fast, if you want to break some habits, then do just that. Fast somebody. Yeah. Take take two, three days out of the week and fast. You don't have to fast all night, all no. day. Mm -mm. Just do it for an hour. Do it two hours every day. And do it with something that you know you shouldn't be eating or drinking. Right. Every day for two hours, stop he doing that. bless our efforts. Yeah, stop doing that. And God, God will come into your life and he will help you uh, do, stop a lot of things that uh, you want to stop doing that you know you shouldn't do. And it also will help us understand the truth. So when the time should come in providence of God for the world to be tested upon the truth for that time, our minds must be exercised by his spirit to search the scriptures, even with fasting and with prayer, until link after link is searched out and united in a perfect chain. I like that. Link by link. So let's step by step, and then it's like a perfect chain. So we have to do our work. We have to follow Christ. We have to be obedient unto his word. We know we're not perfect. But only through Christ and our efforts, the faith that God gives us, we can stand strong and we can stand as overcomers. That's true. Only, only by God, with God, we can do that. And then it also helps us regain our zeal and our spirituality. That there is need of fasting, humiliation, and prayer over our decaying zeal, our decaying zeal and languaging spirituality. The love of many is waxing cold. Yes, it's waxing cold. And it's because, you know, God has told us, you know, the men is wax cold. Mm -hmm. And that's because uh, we're, not, we're not sick in Him. That's true. That's very true. And the Holy Spirit is slowly leaving this earth. 
Yes, it is. And we're going to seek the Holy Spirit now. We're going to do it now. When it's gone, it's gone. You won't be able to, you won't be able to seek him. Seek him where he may be found. We got to remember it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to repentance. And if the Holy Spirit is gone, how are we going to repent and seek God? It's not us that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. Well, when the Holy Spirit leads, we have to seek and the Holy Spirit before we leave. Be that's late. correct. It'd be too late. It, it will, won't be no need to look for the Holy Spirit. It can't be found. God won't be able to be found. It'd be better yet. That's correct. Yeah. So uh, we are living in the most solemn period of this world's history. The destiny of earth teeming multitude is about to be decided. Our own future, well-being, and also the salvation of other souls depend upon the cause which we now pursue. We need to be guided by the Holy Spirit, the truth. Every follower of Christ shall earnestly inquire, Lord, what will I have me to do? So we need to humble ourselves before the Lord with fasting and prayer and to meditate much upon his word especially upon the scenes of the judgment. We should now seek a deep and living experience in the things of God. We have not a moment to lose. Events of vital importance are taking place around us. We are on saves and chanting ground. We gotta remember that. Sleep not, sinners of God. The foe is lurking near, ready at any moment should you become lax and drowsy to spring upon you and make you his prey. You see, we got to remember that we don't want that to happen to us. We got to get in the word. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, chapter 10, and verse 31. All right, there we are. We're there. So then, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you may do, do all for the honor and glory of God. That's right. Everything and all that you do good to the glory, all to the glory of God. Amen. Give yourself no praise. Give yourself no fault. Do it. And do it for the glory of God. That's right. And you want to know what you what we be doing, know what you should be doing. There it is right there. Do it and do it all to the glory of God. God. For the glory of God. That's what you that, that's what you should do. That's what all time. That's right. Wherever you go, wherever you be, that's what you should be doing. That's correct. At all time. And that's the purpose that you was even made, created. Mm -hmm. So you can glorify God in all things. In all time. things. No matter what in we do, whether we eat or drink. That's right. Glory to his glory. If you want to know your purpose, that's it. That's it. Because after God created everything, he looked around and he said, mm, everything I made is good and very good. It looks right. good, but mm, I don't have nobody to do what? That's to right. To glorify me. That's right. He said, I don't have nobody to glorify me. You have nobody in the image of him. 
That's right. And M, M is for me. So the M is for him means to glorify him, to, to lift him up, to praise him for all that he's done. There's nobody here said, wow, Jesus, we glorify you. Look at what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you for what you've done. He didn't have nobody to do that, you know? So he created us. So glorify him in all that you do. In all that you do. That's you right. Know, you got to remember, know ye not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crime. But we an incorruptible. So we therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that my lest that by may means when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. That's in first Corinthians chapter nine. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. We're going to start with 24. And I was just reading that. Do you not know that in a race all runners complete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Not every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temporarily and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessing that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air, restricting without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my body handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it, for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unproved, and rejected as a counterfeit. I don't want that to happen. No, we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. So we appeal to the old and the young and the middle-aged. Deny your appetite of those things that are doing you injury. Serve the Lord by sacrifice. Let the children have an intelligent part in this work. We are all members of the Lord's family. And the Lord will have his children, young and old, determined to deny appetite to save the means needed for the building of meeting houses and the support of missionaries. So place yourself, soul, and spirit on the Lord's side of this question. We need ever to bear in mind that in these days of probation, we are on trial before the Lord of the universe. Will you not give up indulgence that are doing you injury? Words of profession are cheap. So let your acts of self-denial testify that you will be obedient to the demands that God makes of his peculiar people. Then put in the treasury a portion of the means you save by your acts of self-denial, and there will be that with which to carry on the work of God. We're going to go to uh, one more, and then we're going to close out. 
You don't go to Luke chapter 14 and verse 33. Luke 14, 33. So then, any of you who does not forsake, renounce, surrender, claim to give up, say goodbye to all that he has, cannot be my disciples. That's right. Yeah. Is it, you can hear that? It's that all that all. you have. All. I mean, everything. Everything that you have. Let it go. House, car, the refrigerator full of food, everything. Right. Give up all. Be obedient to him. So we have to deny ourselves. Okay? You have to deny yourself everything. That's why he wants you to get control of your appetite. Because, see, we have an appetite for everything. And God wants us to give up everything. If you can't control the appetite, that's like the rich man. He said, Father, I've done everything you asked me to do. Mm-hmm. Now, what must I do to enter the kingdom? That means he went on the diet that God told him. He ate the food. Mm-hmm. He quit the curse. He, got, he quit running women. He quit doing all the things. He said, I've done everything. He said, now what else must I do? He said, give up your riches and follow me. And he said, I cannot do that. So he wasn't his disciple. He lost his soul. He didn't control that appetite. That was the appetite he had. Money. He could not control it. He said, uh-uh. I'm not giving up my money. I'm not giving up my cars, my big house. I'm sorry, Jesus. I can't do that. See, we got to get all appetites in control if we want to walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, we can't walk with it. We're not going to give it up. We can give up what we don't want. But the appetite we have that we love, we're not going to let go of it. That's the battle. And see, some appetites for some people and some for others. Some that we don't, we want to give up, we will. Right. And there's some appetite we want to hold on to that we're not going to let go of. That's right. See, for me, it may be food. I can let go of food, but I ain't letting go of my money. <laughs> For you, it may be food, but you can let go of your money. That's right. So it just depends. It on, depends on the, the appetite. Believe me, the devil knows what your weakness is. So God is telling us to get control of our appetite, whatever it may be, if we want to walk with him. He said, be in this world, but not of this world, Mm -hmm. and not of the things of the world. Now, that covers pretty well everything. That's correct. So, go ahead. So, think about it. If you want to walk without Christ, our Father, get your appetite in life. Self-control. So, we just want to thank you for joining us tonight, right here on LPJ 64. For Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we'll be back after this song to have closing prayer. And we'll give you our email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ64 for Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing yeah, Bible Study Hour. Yeah, give me that email address so if I talk too much, you'll let me know it. <laughs> Thank you.
Son, and thank you for joining us tonight for Bible Study Hour right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetbang. We're going to give you our email address, so if you have any Bible question or you have prayer, you can send us an email at robtgina50 at gmail.com. And we just thank you again for stopping in with us. Uh, we enjoy you, we enjoy the word, we enjoy talking to our Heavenly Father. So stop in anytime. Stop in on what night? Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we love doing that. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, Monday night, you're going to start. Monday night, we'll, we want you to come and join us. We're not even going to let you know. No, we're going to talk. Okay, all right. <laughs> we ain't going to do that. But we'll see you Monday night, and may God bless you. We really enjoy having you. Yes, it's just did. so nice to be able to get together on the Sabbath with all our brothers and sisters. You're my brother and sister because what they you worship all. It's not for me to judge. It's for me to love. You're my brother and sister. Because thank you for coming in and sitting with us. That's right. We want you to be obedient to his word and we want you to search the scriptures. But since he said to tell you about what we got coming up Monday. Okay. You didn't want to say. We're going to talk about the National Sunday Law. That's going to be what the topic is Monday. So we want you to come back and join us Monday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on LPJ 64 Bible Study Hour. Yeah, so you got all weekend to get your Bible and research and find everything you can on a national Sunday law. That's right. So right now we're going to bow our heads for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for another blessed day you have given us and another Sabbath that we may come and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we just thank you for again giving us the word that we may continue to be a witness for you each and every day. We pray for those that are listening, those that may hear the recording, that you will bless them, that you will touch their hearts, and that they too will go and search the scriptures as, as you have shown us to do, that they may be obedient unto your word. And so we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory, Lord. We ask you to help each and every one of us to take our efforts and go and search the scriptures so that we'll know what health reform message is saying to each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to live the life of Christ. That he is even obedient, and even obedient unto the death of the cross. So, Lord, we thank you for blessing us. We just ask you to bless those that have joined us. We ask you to strengthen each and every one of us and encamp your angels around us as we rest tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you abundant of blessings and have a good night. Good night. May God bless you.